You're a Mets fan, right, or a Yankee fan? Uh, I'm a Mets fan. Okay. How long have you been a Mets fan? Since I've been, like, nine. Okay. So you that would mean, really, you started watching them almost from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. From 1960... Maybe seven. Okay. Okay. Do you know who died? Hmm. I was shocked. I saw this in the uh, the papers. Who? I'll, I'll give you a visual hint that the audience won't see. Oh, the sign guy. I remember. That's right. Carl Earnhardt died. The sign guy. I, I would hold up like the Snoopy one of wah. Well, he just write him there. <laughs> he did. Well, no, he he dig him at home and then he'd bring him in. Because they, they were they looked like real actual signs. He was a sign maker and an ad designer, not but I think but he, made, on a, but he made comments. No, I think he made them there. Really? Didn't mm-hmm. say that in the paper. It said he would sort of get a sense of how the team was doing and how certain players were doing. And then he would get signs ready that kind of, he figured, would be useful. Oh, so he just picked the one he wanted. Yeah, if someone was in a slump, he would have something like, oh, no, not again. Ready, that kind of thing. Or bleh. Or wow. Or At last. Wonderful. That was one of his big ones, right. wonderful. And, and you know what he, he had, his um, sign was after the 69 Mets won the World Series? This is beautiful. What? He said, there are no words. Yeah. Because he was known, of course, for a couple of words on the signs and getting everybody riled up. And and, um, and I, I didn't realize it was that long ago, but he it was 1964 that he got into trouble with the organization for hanging out a sign because the team was doing badly and he put out some kind of uh, a sign that wasn't so complimentary. And they banned him. Was it like the opposite of luck? No. Oh, no, 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 no. He didn't do any kind of naughty word or anything like that. It was... Not that the opposite of luck would be a naughty word. It would just be bad luck. Well, I mean, it kind of rhymed with luck. Yeah, right, no. But not... No, no, it was just in a negative. In the S sense of the word. Imagine if you tried to bring a negative sign to Shea Stadium on, on like, Fan Appreciation Day. They wouldn't let you in. Why? Because it's, 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 you know, it's basically... Oh, I a, would a, so a sue them. them. I would so sue them. That's my freedom of speech. Good luck. Well, no, you're on their property. You're on private... Well, is, is Shea Stadium private property or public? I don't know, but if you have a ticket, if you bought a ticket to entry, they can't deny you entry. They can't deny, but they can stop you from parading your sign. They can stop you from hanging your sign out and, and make you, you move. Mm. People have done this, and, and you know, I, I don't agree that they should be able to do that, but they do. You ever notice all, you only see happy signs on TV? No. Earn, really? When? All the time you see... You Maybe know, in football more. Bad signs, you know. Not really. Maybe against the other team, like the home crowd. Will. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, that's, that's all I'm saying is Earnhardt was out there, and he didn't always have a nice, happy sign, especially if someone was in a slump. But he had season tickets. Well, what happened was they banned him. The fans complained. There was, was like a real media outrage over. He went to the press and complained, mm-hmm. and they reinstated him, gave him great seats like behind the third base line and stuff so that... Yeah, they realized there was no other reason to watch the Mets in 1965, 6, and 7, and 8. And, and even through much of the 1970s, for sure. The reason to watch is, oh, there's that cool guy with a sign. What's he going to put up there? And, of course, the camera would pan to him, and he became part of the club in his way. So, farewell to Carl Earnhardt. Earnhardt. Bye-bye. Sign you later. Mm. Oh. I mean, kind of cool. I'd like to see if his gravestone... It's just black with big white letters. Like, <laughs> bye. 
It says, your comment here. Struck out. <laughs> the end. Mm, yeah. Oh, well. I, no I lose. More words. <laughs> no more words. That's it. No more words. So I'm trying to eat away from the microphone. Don't worry. We all know you're chewing. Mm. Funny, I don't look chewish. But anyway, you know, I even asked Sheldon Harnick last week when he was on Dave's Billy, Gone Live. Billy, please, please call so please I don't have to deal with that. that. Yeah. Um, Sheldon Harnick, the lyricist who worked on Fiddler on the Roof, who worked on Fiorello, and She Loves Me, and The Apple Tree. So I asked him what were some of his favorite, or what he thought of some of the recent composers and musicians who were writing for Broadway. And he absolutely, like so many people of his peers, loves Adam Gettle, which I just don't get. He's the guy who did uh, The Light in the Piazza. Because he's related to... Richard Rogers, I know. Mm-hmm. But, but no, he said he really thought Light in the Piazza was a work of genius. And I'm like, okay. Um, wasn't crazy about David Yasbeck. He liked Full Monty a lot, mm. but not Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which I thought was a, as really? good as Full Monty. Oh, yeah. And, however, he did say that he loved the music for Spring Awakening, but the lyrics were just in a different style than he's really used to and comfortable right. with. So he, he admires that he thinks it's a great you know, piece in a certain way, and he loves the music, but not so sure about the writing of it. Okay. Well, it's, it's more contemporary music, and it's not really normal theater music. True. And he said that, you know, it, it, he felt a little left out of that kind of mm-hmm. thing. But okay. Mm. Mm. And I hear well, that someone like Sheldon Cy Coleman is really coming up with Sy's <laughs> si- si- gone, right? Mm-mm. What's he been working on? Nothing. Why? Maybe retirement. Maybe Barnum paid a lot of residuals. I don't know. Cy Coleman didn't... Uh... I'm going to talk to the people while I Google Cy Coleman, because I get the feeling... I'll, I'll Google him. I can talk and Google at the same oh, time. Oh, you've got, you got your uh, computer, too. Mm-hmm. All right. Google race. Google race. Here we go. Oh, this is thrilling radio, by the way. <laughs> Is Cy Coleman alive? Cy Coleman, dead or alive? I have to dead mute. or alive? Hey. Oh, mine's frozen, man. I Come to, on. I have to mute mine. My, oh, just now, just now, my uh, my Windows Internet Explorer is not responding. What uh-huh. the hell? And I'm actually catching it through the airwaves. So there. Um, before beginning his fabled Broadway career, he died November 18th, 2004. Beat ya! R- ha! Okay. Ha! Ha! Cy Coleman's dead! I beat you! Ha, ha, ha. You're laughing about Cy Coleman's death, by just, the way. I am just, yeah. I thought he had gone, that's why. Because he would still be working. He was he was very, very prolific. And he kept turning out shows and songs and you stuff. You know what he's doing now? Decomposing. <laughs> yeah! Oh, lordy. Can we start this episode over again? For 80-something years, WGBB has been serving the community with music and talk and stuff. I can't see my radio dial anymore, but I know it's tuned to AM 1240 WGBB Freeport. Now leave me alone. It's 11 o'clock and time for Dave's Gone By. Wait, did I remember to pee? Uh Uh-oh. Greetings from Long Island, where every highway is a sunrise. It's time for Dave's Gone By, an hour of comedy, talk, and music brought to you by Total Theater, with your host, Dave Lefkowitz. You've never heard anything like it, so sit back, relax, squeal if you must. Here's the host of Dave's Gone By, Dave! Tropical hot dog night! I shoot flamingos in a fruit fight! 
Well, there goes the neighborhood. Welcome everyone to this 259th episode of Dave's Gone By on this February 10th, 2008. It's called Twinkle Twinkle Uncle Floyd. I'll explain in a moment, but first I want to introduce my guest co-host Jeff Goodman, ladies and gentlemen. What, it's what, a blistery it? cold night. Well, yeah, it's it's you know we've had a pretty decent, nice winter so far. But boy, today I was on the bike getting here for for part of the way. It was the snow was blowing, the wind was blowing. It still was. You were going to go outside and freeze your bits and pieces off. Yeah, it, it's and yet even so, it was still in the low 30s. It felt like it was 15 degrees, but it was just that wind coming at you. It was nasty. But, hey, it didn't turn into a You know blizzard. what they call that wind? What do they call that wind? Mariah. Ha, 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 Yeah. Anywho, what do we call our sponsors, Jeff Goodman? I don't know. Fancy schmancy balloons? Yeah, what about them? Hey, we start that one first, huh? Oh, sure. I don't know. What's your party? your party decorating needs. Right. If you need centerpieces, if you need anything to make your party look better, more professional. What number should they call? 516-797-3229. I didn't get that written down. Can you say it slower and, and Five, with one, more diction? 516-797-3229. It's the number to call for fancy schmancy balloons. How well, about Hewlett Minuteman Press, the, the copy kings of Broadway? How about them? For all your copy needs. And the fact They're located that right next to Loman's Shoes. And if you're a Dave's Gone By listeners... You get 410% off no, without the 400. Yes, exactly. You get 10% off. All Dave's Gone By listeners get 10% off at um, Hewlett Minuteman Press. And, and you get a free wink and a nod. Yeah, pretty much. Because if they know that you're a Dave's Gone By listener, they're going to be like, you re- really? Why? But they'll still give you the, the discount, so that's kind of... They neat. give you the discount because they're so impressed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Shocked, actually. And then, let's see, what else? Um, Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine, the Bible of Broadway, for more than 65 years. Everything you need to know about Broadway, off-Broadway, cabaret, opera, and dance. Dave, is the Bible of Broadway given out at the Broadway church? Ah, 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 ah. Is that that one that... What was the Broadway church before they, they turned it? Was, which that theater was, was that? The Hellinger? Oh, my God. I can't remember the name of it. Mark Hellinger? No. I can tell you that Platinum played there and Timbuktu right. played there. Was it named after a producer or uh, uh, Jam's? No. no, no, no. It was... Um, well, anyway. No, it's not a free magazine, but you can subscribe to it. And Dave's Gone By listeners, it's a fabulous deal that you get. Usually it's $14 an issue on the newsstands. Dave's Gone By listeners get a one-year subscription for only $10 an issue, $120 a year for Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine. Check it out at performingartsinsider.com. And finally, mortgagesrock.com. They really do. For all your mortgage and financing needs. And also... How, especially in this depressed real estate market, people are still buying homes. They have to move. They, they have families. They've got to expand. They, they want to change the house a little bit. Maybe they're doing a refi. Whatever it is, if you learn how to do it, you can get the commission. And that's what MortgagesRock.com does for you. The Broadway Church with yeah. the Mark Hellinger. That's what I said. I said Mark Hellinger three times. You were like going, no, no, oh, no, did no. you really? Yes. I didn't hear you say Mark Hellinger. It might help if you put on your headphones. <laughs> no, but... 
You said a producer? Was it a producer? Well, yeah, before that, I, said it was the, I thought it was the Hellinger, but no. anyway, what the Hellinger are we talking about? And just want to remind people that Shalom Dammit airs Wednesday mornings at 7.30. Speaking of Broadway churches. <laughs> more, of a, more of a Broadway synagogue, or, or a broad synagogue. Anyway, Channel 20 on Long Island Cablevision, Wednesday, 7.30, Rabbi Saul Solomon and Shalom Dammit. And they're, they're finally, finally going back to some older episodes. And by the way, we could remind listeners that Rabbi Saul Solomon will be making a personal appearance at Temple Judea's... Um Oh, I forget the name of the night now. Well, so it's it's not until May, the, so we're not going to... saloon, even... some sort of saloon. <laughs> a saloon? It's, it's saloon night at the synagogue, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Everybody's getting blitzed on Manishevich. <laughs> they got the creaky door, you know, the old Jews walking through very slowly. <laughs> it's like, get me two fingers of the Kedem. <laughs> like, hey, Slim, deal me in. You, you got Pokey now? <laughs> But yeah, it looks like he will be doing like this this old Catskills kind of thing where the rabbi will do fake marriages and, and tumble with all the people. Mm-hmm. should be a lot of fun, but it's going to be a few weeks away. What yeah. I will say is that, um, oh, I forgot to bring the dates, but in the middle of March, one of my plays is going to be produced at the Richmond Shepherd Theater off of Broadway on uh, East 26th Street. And if they mention... Uh no, come, tickets are cheap enough. They don't get any kind of a discount. <laughs> I, think you, yeah, I think you should pay them to go. Well, I'll see how the, how it goes. <laughs> I haven't seen the rehearsals or anything like that. I don't think they've started rehearsals yet. It's a one-act play. Who's that? That's part of a one-act evening. I don't know if they've even cast it. I'm sure they're, they're in the midst of that now. Who's but directing it? I'll tell you in... Uh, I don't know. What theater is it going to be in? The Richmond Shepherd Theater. Pay attention! I, I went back to a question. The R- Richmond uh, Shepherd Theater. I believe it's and on East Starring Tw- Hook? Um... Not Richmond Shepherd. I don't think he's going to be in that one. So I'm looking forward to it. It's a, a play called Blind Date that was in the, the book I published of plays. So, um, and how many performances do you think Timbuktu ran on Broadway? Timbuktu ran, I don't know, 30? I give up. It had 22 previews uh-huh. and 221 performances. Oh, it had a, an almost kind of a heady run for that. Uh, that yeah. well, why, why do you have... Oh, because it was at the Hellinger? <laughs> okay. Anyway, we've got to move on. Speaking of Broadway, though, we do have an Inside Broadway segment coming up. We'll be talking about Broadway news, and I'll be reviewing an off-Broadway show that I saw kind of off-off about two weeks ago that I didn't get a chance to talk about last week. And I had this kind of interesting, awful And you didn't get to talk experience. about it two weeks ago, either. Right. So, well, no, but it was after my show two weeks ago, and then whatever. I saw it on a Monday after a Sunday. So I was going to talk well, about that's what Monday's normally for, by the yeah, way. Yeah, right. Okay. Anyway, and tonight's special guest on Dave's Gone By, the one and only Uncle Floyd Vivino. The man, uh, yeah, if you know who he is, if you don't know who he is, it's all going to be lost on you. But if you have any <laughs> idea... If you don't know who he is, just turn off the radio. Turn off the dial now. now. But if you have any clue, or you ever saw him in the 1970s and 80s on that UHF dial... Then maybe you should keep the radio Or very on. briefly on, on Channel 4, right after Saturday Night Live... You're going to want to hear him because he's real fun. He's real interesting. He's got great stories. Uncle Floyd coming up on Dave's Gone By in just a minute or two. Don't go away. If you're like me, you agree that television could always be a little more Jewish. Well, our prayers are answered every Wednesday morning, 7.30, on Cablevision Channel 20, Rabbi Saul Solomon, that's me, hosts Shalom Dammit. I do Bible studies, sermons, pelvic exercises, whatever I damn well want. 
see the episodes on YouTube.com, but also 7.30 Wednesday mornings on Cablevision Channel 20. It's Jewish, and it's proud. Welcome back to Dave's Gong By on this very, very special Sunday evening special, because we got a TV local legend on our program tonight. Now, we've had a couple of, of cool TV and, and radio legendary people. I mean, one of my great joys on this show was talking to Joe Franklin a few months back. Well, here's someone who's also really identified with New Jersey and local programming, someone who, who basically started with sticks and bones and a couple of dollars and decided to do a funny TV show and parlayed that into a lifelong career of comedy and music and fun. His name is Floyd Vivino, but we all know him as Uncle Floyd, and we welcome him into the neighborhood. Hi, Uncle Floyd. Hey, Dave. You got it backwards, though. Oh. I didn't start in TV. I started in the nightclub world and parlayed that into television. Were you doing... As opposed to starting in TV. Oh. I was in burlesque in New York, the last comic to work in Manhattan, in the old-time burlesque theaters. I worked Long Island... Uh-huh. Frankie Braille, Suffolk House, and Lake Ronkonkoma for years. Uh, Frankie... About 100 clubs up and down the island. Frankie Brancato's Top, Cat, Top Hat Lounge in Franklin Square, the old San Susan on Jericho Turnpike. All that before I went on TV. I had no idea. And were you yeah, doing... Yeah, so then I went on TV. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, But I always did nightclubs, but when I was on television, my following changed for, because of the TV show. So we were playing the, the bigger theaters in Long Island, like the Hub, or the, what's it called, the Calderon Concert Center. Right. And uh, I don't think that's there anymore. But yeah, sorry. Epi Epstein's place called My Cousin's Place, and you know the My North, Father's Place also. The, it maybe was the North Stage Dinner Theater in Glen Cove. So we and colleges, of course. So. But was the material that you were doing first in the nightclubs the same as TV, or did you have to make it, you know, much more? PG, we didn't use material on TV because we were we we were on every day and we did six thousand shows and wow. we just grinded them out and we we that's why they don't hold up. They a lot of them make oh. no sense. <laughs> it's like reading old newspapers. There's one show which was based around David Johansson appearing at the Academy of Music on Fourteenth Street in Manhattan. Yeah, I mean, there's a generation doesn't even know that that was a big rock and roll theater at one time. No, not gonna, well, yeah, I think now on 17th is something. They're, they've got uh, another club there now. That's that's one of the few venues. The Irving Place? Yeah, Irving Plaza, right. Yeah. Ir- well, it was Irving, now it's Irving Plaza, but that was a burlesque theater for years, and it was a Yiddish theater. Oh, wow. It was a, First, it was a German beer hall, yeah. and it became a, a real rough house. Well, it was a German neighborhood originally, and then it became a... Um, a burlesque theater for a long time, and and, be, and with burlesque and Yiddish going back and forth. Oh man, I, this is totally alien to me, and I should know this New York history, but nobody I, cares. I don't. Nobody cares about it. I <laughs> I care about it, but the, the, me and 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 maybe you mentioned Joe Franklin before. He could yeah. he could give me a run for the money on this, but I love it. So I, I'm interested. I'm fascinated, and I'm ticked because you the information given on the internet is just a lot of it there's so much misinformation because anybody could feed it well yes anybody i there's a site that says i was born and raised i'm a sicilian american which is not even true what are you then 
I, I, well, I'm born in the United States, not Sicily, number one. And my ancestors didn't come from Sicily. They came from Calabria and Campania region. And, and Bayonne. No. Uh, <laughs> Bayonne. <laughs> Well, well, okay, but you know, Wikipedia, you can change your Wikipedia page. You you would certainly be entitled to do that. Yeah, and they they can stop stuff on YouTube uh, with one warning. Uh, but uh, it's fascinating to me that people don't know history, and they I do I I go on the website if I look up a theater, for instance, two people will argue about seating capacity because they don't realize that balconies opened and closed. Number one, right. Number two, the theater managers lied about their seating capacity to get a lower rate from the film distributor. Hmm. In other words, if you had a 600-seat theater, you didn't pay as much for a film rental as, as, as a 2,000-seat house. So they would hide the actual number in sure order to... Sure, okay. they fudged the numbers. Mm-hmm. Sure, they did. People... They, they, it was very... <laughs> yeah. That's the fun part about it. There's very little honesty. <laughs> in show business? No. Show business. Please, your people lie in show business? Come on. Look at Groucho Marx. He lied about his age. He knocked five years off for the longest time. Red Fox was the worst lie. His age, I mean, they, they, they weren't even close sometimes. But Yeah, as I remember, when Red Fox died, he was 31. It was really kind of... Uh... <laughs> younger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How old are you, by the way? 62. Model, that's great. And are you in good health? Is everything good? Well, you never know. You think you are. <laughs> yeah. I hope I am because you want to know something. That's the only thing that counts. It really, you know, as you get a little older, mm-hmm. everything the old timers used to say, you know, 40 years ago that I heard, and I says, oh, that's a lot of hogwash. It, now I'm, I'm saying the same thing. You got your health, you got everything. What, what, what have you got? This is true. And, and you must be married for quite a long time now. How, how... I have seven kids. Seven children? I guess you were playing something else besides piano. Holy cow, congratulations. Now, I, I wanted to get to this later, but since you mentioned the kids, I remember being kind of surprised going to the theater, often as I do, years ago, opening the program to either Les Mis or whatever it was, and seeing the name Donna Vivino. Yeah, that's my niece. Oh, it's not your daughter, it's a niece. No, that's my brother Jerry's daughter. Okay. He works for Conan O'Brien. He's with Max Weinberg and, and a show every night. Wait, Jerry or Jimmy? Both of them are. Oh, okay, but, cool. But, yeah. But my brother Jimmy is is and Jerry were both with Max Weinberg. But his my brother Jerry's daughter Donna started as a little girl in Les Mis. She was the original young Cosette on Broadway. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. And they gave me a credit in the theater bill, the playbill, that I was her first uh, television show. Oh. She appeared on her uncle's television show. That's yeah, cool. that was cute. She's going to be 30 years old. I, I mean, it's scary. Um, I know. But what, are any of your seven in show business or have no. aspirations? No. Absolutely yeah. not. You told them don't even... <laughs> no, you know what happens? Yeah. Um, you get education. It's a different world. I went into show business because that's all I knew and my brothers. We're like old school. Our, our, we came from show people, in other words. Our relatives were in show business really? for generations. Please expound on that. It was the family business. My father played trumpet. My mother, my grand, my mother's father, um, was a producer of Italian shows in the, in the Italian Immigrant Theater of New York, like the Yiddish Theater. You sure. had the Italian Theater, and you had the, you know, on the Lower East Side, and you had in New, New Jersey and Philadelphia. And, the, and don't forget, also there was the Polish Theater, but it was in French. So I don't oh, even know. Yeah. I'm sorry. 
No, continue. I, sorry about that lead balloon there. I didn't mean no, to stop great. your progress. I love all comedy. I, 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 I <laughs> that love was comedy. all comedy. Good. So, so no, my I'm, people were show people. So I, we yeah. went in. Me and my brothers went in the business. But our, and my niece Donna is the last one of the family trained probably to go into the business. Wow. And I'm assuming the family's really proud and happy because, you know, she's doing a lot of Broadway and, and theater stuff. I still yeah, see she's her on name. the road now in Hairspray, and yeah. she goes on the road and uh, tours all over the country with shows, and she's got a hell of a voice. I still think of her as a little girl, and she's a wow. woman. It's so hard to... Uh, it's, my brother Jerry's a child, and, and uh, we see her at the holidays. When she, she comes over my house, I try to get the family. I'm the one who... Has the big parties in the house. Get all the relatives together. Did you know that I, Dave, am not just a fantastic radio personality, I'm also a playwright. And my book, Marriage, Babies, and the End of the World, is filled with the same humor I bring to Dave's Gone By every week. Funny, sad, true. Makes a great gift. Marriage, Babies, and the End of the World, only $20 hardcover, $12 trade paperback. To get your copy, call 516-295-1511 or email davesgoneby at aol.com. Hi, this is Uncle Floyd. I hope you come to see me at the Dix Hills Center for the Performing Arts. That's at Five Towns College. I'll be there on Saturday night, February 16th. Now, let's roll it back. I'm talking to Uncle Floyd here, by the way, on uh, Dave's Gone By, and we, we kind of skipped over a lot of the, the whole way that you moved from doing burlesque and cabaret to getting a show on New Jersey television. How did it happen? It was very easy because when I started, was, I went on the air in January. Uh, hey, you know, this was been the, you're very close to my anniversary. January 29th, 1974. Wow. Things were so loose back then, Dave. You could cut a deal with a handshake and a scotch on the rocks. Mm. It was that simple. There were no uh, big insurance uh, uh, clauses and all that. And there was local television, which does not exist anymore. It's all corporate. It's all... Mm. All big time now. So I was able to walk into a UHF station, Channel 68 in New Jersey, uh-huh. and cut a deal and buy the time and make a buck. So I sold my own ads. Oh, so that's, that's, that was the deal. You, you got to, it's, it's kind of like some broker. of the shows on this radio station do that. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool. I was an air broker, and I, I produced revenue uh, uh, for, for stations for 27 and a half years. And finally, in the April of '01. Uh, I got it. That was it. I was done. I lasted that long. Well, were you, what, was it the fact that the channel had to change and go in another direction, or did you just say, I can't, you know, No, the I'm fact toast. was I couldn't infor- afford the insurance anymore, and, and um, I was with Cablevision at the, at the very end. They were, we were only on in like 70 towns in North Jersey, but it was still enough to make a living. Right. But, you know, it's a highly, highly populated area. But uh, the insur- I couldn't afford the insurance anymore, and, I, and they threw so much paperwork at me that I saw the writing on the wall. Look, my time had come and gone, and, and like anything in show business, the, the balcony is always changing. It is a, the the theater is it's always changing. But I had a good run. The sad thing, I think, is that there's no more local television. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, unless you count, um, I write and, and produce and, and direct, actually, a show for public access. So there is... I mean, it's not a living, that part no, of it. No, but I was but never a, on public access. No, I know. No, I'm saying, but at least there is television that is local and human and personal 
and has nothing to do with syndication or big networks. I or... know, but in my town, we, we have 845 channels. We have the Max Pack. Wow. 804. Now, you tell me, 845 channels. They, they slice that pie so thin today. Now, off the top of my head, I watch channel 353, which is old westerns. That's oh, all it is. Yeah. I watch um, 191, which is old movies. I watch channel 69, which is old movies. This is the, the I don't even know what's going on on, on, on 800 and, 820 of the stations. Oh, those are all softcore porn. You really should check them out. They're, they're, you know, they're pretty good. A lot of pneumatic boobs, but other than, it's not bad. There's no commonality in television. When, when I started in the business, you could do a joke about, a routine about Bonanza or Leave it to Beaver, and 95% of the audience, Lawrence Welk, they knew what you were talking about. But today, a comic is at a disadvantage. I mean, very few people know uh, some of the biggest shows. If oh, they I see get a rating of, of 9 million people, that's... 3% of the population. Well, yeah, it is more niche. So if you mention something on HBO or 2, 4, or 7, you're safe. Or if something kind of busts out and becomes like, um, you know, like the, the gay guys who, who turn people into uh, you know, more... Queer eyes straight guys? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that th that yeah. has some uh, uh, pop to it because you're right. That sticks out. But uh, <laughs> Quite literally. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a good line. Thank you. <laughs> Did your boyfriend give it to you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, bum, bum. I don't know. Listen, uh, there are things that will stick out like that, and I know everybody talks about Dancing with the Stars. I never saw it, but... Well, you don't have to see it as long as it's in the cultural yeah. reference. I mean, I haven't, or the Amazing Race. I mean, I know what it is. I don't have to have seen it, or that, that Howie Mandel show with the briefcases and, and you know, the, the women. Well, I've seen the women, but not the briefcases, so there. He's smart because it's when you're going up and down the dial and you see hundreds of channels, his image of that black suit with the bald head sticks out. And I think that, you know, it's like being on a supermarket shelf. It sticks out and people remember it. That's a good point. But speaking of, of network stuff and high level, somewhere in your run between 1974 and, what was it, 2001, right. the, there was, you did get that call of the so-called next level, NBC came calling. No, they didn't come calling. What happened was I owed my channel, I was in debt of about a half a million dollars because I was paying a fortune to go on the air and they kept raising the rates and my my mom and pop nickel and dime sponsors couldn't afford to pay. Sure. Uh, uh, and make a long story short, they came to me and, and they said, well, well, you're either going off the air or we're going to have to sell your show to help raise revenue to pay the back debt. Wow. And they said, we're going to sell... Uh, uh, first $75,000 NBC local New York bought uh, 13 hours for Saturday night mm -hmm. right after Saturday Night Live it was at 1am yeah and they bought 13 hours for $75,000 and that would reduce my debt to four and a quarter <laughs> okay. and then they what happened was I got involved with a company that supposedly syndicated my show oh. and, and erased my debt but we never made a dime and then finally, after one year, my guys and I says, hey, we don't need it. We're, we're, we don't want to do this anymore. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. We're not making 10 cents. Hmm. Well, not, a, not 10 cents. It gave me some visibility, but yeah. we I, still had no budget. Well, that, I think that's why it didn't quite click also on NBC, is people suddenly saw you were on a network, and yet why were you still only having 
you know, four dollars worth of sets and then very helter skelter and well, kind of. My friends came on the show like the Ramones and oh, well, yeah. all the punk people and and uh, oddball entertainers like Tiny Tim and 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 but uh, and they came on and even Paul Simon and some some what? big names. Did he really nice Paul people. Simon? I don't remember that. Wow. Oh yeah. Well, that's right. Didn't you have a little cameo in One Trick Pony? Yeah, I had no. I had a nice role, but they they cut the whole thing out. Oh, sorry. They, that's all right. They, 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 I made good money, and I was a Warner Brothers movie. Cool. Yeah. in Cleveland. Oh, lucky you. The, the Agora Ballroom. <laughs> See, that's the thing. You should have gotten cast in a, a show that films in Hawaii or Costa Rica or something. Well, yeah. I did. Good Morning Vietnam was Thailand. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty far. How long did you get to stay in Thailand? I was there eight weeks. Ooh, that's a long time. Was it, it horrible or was it fun? No, it was a piece of cake working... You see, there's a comedian, David Brenner, who said it, said it all. Show business is the only business in the world that the higher up you go, the easier it gets. Hmm. The, the, hard, the hard nickels to make are in what I do, the American Legion halls, the banquet halls, the rough nightclubs, the county fairs, the outside carnivals. That's rough show business. Movie work is, it's like being in the Army, you've got... A tr- troops all around you got support you got people feeding you driving you dressing you i mean they tell you what hotel to stay in I, and they pay you you know that's a that's a, such a wonderful perspective when you see what happens to people like heath ledger or actors and actresses who can't handle quote unquote extreme fame and money well, they, they don't, have to, over they yourselves. don't have to drive in friggin blizzards in <laughs> my car i mean i work in the catskills and poconos and to drive, I have nightmares. Many nights I wake up, I'm shaking, I'm in a cold sweat. I'm having typical Catskill Mountain comic nightmares of driving in blizzards and ice storms. And, and it's just, that's the way, that's the life we live. I mean, I'm not complaining. Someone will say, oh, he's bitter, he's bitter, he never made it. <laughs> we make a living. Thank God, it's yeah. A, it's a good living. I mean, it's show business. It's a wonderful living. Let me but ask you. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's yes. rough. Well, then, one thing that I'm wondering about, of the 6,000 Uncle Floyd shows that you ended up doing, how many, first of all, have been preserved and saved in some form? Hundreds of pieces, hundreds, like maybe four or five hundred pieces of shows, but whole episodes, um, we have in my warehouse uh, maybe 300 whole episodes, maybe 400. Nobody thought to just VCR... No, it was a half hour is, long, you know. They're on some, no, they're hours and half hours. Yeah. The problem is they're on what we call quad-inch and two-inch stock. Yeah. And they're very heavy reels. The technology uh, is, it was, is so outdated that they don't have the machines to run them now. Wow. Well, I, I was saying that could be transferred to, to DVD once. I have to transfer them to DVD. Right. And I want to do that someday, but i got to find somebody I trust who has a machine uh-huh. that can do that. I'm working on that, believe me. Good, because I figure that maybe there's a syndication option of, on a nostalgia or children's... There's so many... I mean, as you said, everything's been so niche-marketed with 800 channels. One yeah, has to assume one of those channels will want something like that for a half hour a day. No, what I did no, what I did is so politically incorrect today they would hang me. What? We got away with things, please, that that, that they would never allow today. I vaguely I remember one or two crude moments which were hysterical. I remember yeah, Julia's stepchild at one point rubbing her breasts 
<laughs> rather rather erotically on on her kitchen table. It was it was sort of an accidental thing. You weren't planning to do it, and then you leaned over and you were like, "Woo!" I mean, that's as close to to off color as I ever saw the Uncle Floyd show get. Did I miss anything? Yeah, you did. We have a stuff. We have a lot of stuff that you know what I want to do. My plan, because I, I tell my guys, I, I spent it cost me three hundred and twenty eight dollars a month to store the show in in a warehouse. Mm-hmm. I've got climate controlled stuff. and all that stuff, right? I want to make a book first. Oh, about it, a big scrapbook with pictures and and because it was and it's hard to believe one of the most controversial shows of. I mean, Marvin Kitman. You should see the things he wrote about us. He was a big writer in Newsday. He wasn't a fan. I mean, I used to read him all the time. I don't recall him ever assailing you guys. He became a fan. That was the problem with local type shows. It, we, we never had a budget. We, we did what we wanted, and we developed the following, but it wasn't the kind of show where you watch once and you got, you got it. It was oh, almost yeah. like a soap opera because we grinded the material out every day. And whereas a critic, he'll watch two or three episodes to get us, and then after two or three episodes, it's not like he's going to get to watch three, four weeks. He's got to write that review. Yeah, right. and and in the press, I was called one newspaper would call me a vulgar, uh, the worst thing in history. Another would call me a genius. Oh. So we, it's very interesting because people that couldn't make make head or tail of it. I'll tell you that I, a lot of newspapers were very good, and, and critics were wonderful to me. But oh, there so was also a, quite a big camp that was, uh, you know, highly offended. Oh, well, mm-hmm. yeah. oh yeah. But you was well when you survived for listen eighty four ninety four twenty six. Well, you mentioned years. Joe Franklin before. He sued yeah. me for crying out loud. Oh, he, let's get into this. I mean, I talked to him about that, and he seemed rather ashamed and embarrassed. And embarrassed. Then ten, what? Yeah. He should be. Well, I, I see him at, at various functions, and I always treat him with respect because I always liked Joe Franklin. I love the man, and he sued me because he claimed he called it malicious parody. I would have a, I'm sure 70% of your listeners don't even know who he was, well, or me. Well, he's still on Bloomberg, you know, he's still on the radio, he just doesn't have his overnight on... Uh, but he had yeah. a television show, which I did a parody of and called it the Joe Frankfurter Show. All right, so he was offended by that, but... As, as if that were something to be offended by. The thing that got him blown out of the water, we understand, was the pistachio nut inspector. And uh, we had a guy who was a professional pistachio. It was one of my guys acting the role. And his fingertips were all red. You know, years ago, the pistachio nuts. <laughs> yes. You, and his lips were red. <laughs> put lipstick on him and his fingertips. Was yeah. completely red with red makeup, <laughs> and he was making. A, he had a book, the history of pistachio nuts, <laughs> and there were these, you know, uh, red smudges on it. Then we had like the next guest would be an actor who appeared in eight hundred movies. He was always a dead body in a war scene or something. And Joe sued me for malicious parody, claiming that I made all his guests look like third-rate, you know, people and this and that. Only ninety-five percent of his guests were third-rate. But I was one of his guests. Many times I did his show. I just did a big thing with him in December in New York. Good heavens. In Manhattan. I see him all the time. Nice of you to bury the hatchet. Huh? Nice of you to bury the hatchet. Well, I buried the hatchet. The only one who stuck up for me at the time was Imus. I have all those write-ups. I said in the New York Post. The New York Post stuck up for me. And and, um, he served the, uh, the lawsuit... 
at a telethon, a one-to-one telethon. I like a get, telethon he did it? <laughs> yeah, which is like no man, a place where you don't do that kind of thing. Of course. Oh, that's so... New York City it was. I, I think he did the same thing to Billy Crystal, too, for doing uh, his the parody on Saturday Night Live. Uh, um, I think at first he was angry about that as well. When I, could, I called him when I got the subpoena. I said, Joe, what is this? He said, mm, big news, big, big news, my friend. Uh, you, big news. Uh, I love you like a son. And he hangs up and, the phone. What a, uh, he's, he's nuts. I mean, we know that he's nuts. Um, I, I, but I love him. I don't care. You know what happened? What? The lawyers made, a, made a, a, a mockery out of it. And after I had paid, I think it was $12,000... I said, that's enough. I'm not fighting this anymore. Let them come in the police car and bring me to court. This is ridiculous. Well, you know, what's, what's funny is I, when I was talking to him about it, he, he sort of, you know, kind of glossed over it. And said, and then ten minutes later when I was talking to Joe, you know, we brought up the whole aristocrats thing, and he was thinking of suing Sarah Silverman still. for. Did you see the movie? Of course you must have. The aristocrats. No, I didn't. Oh, I don't go to the movies. Oh, well, rent it. I refuse to go sit in the theater today. First of all, the volume is too loud. Okay. It's too loud, and, and I can't sit through a half an hour of coming attractions. Oh, I, I will. Refuse. Show up late. <laughs> well, I can never seem to time it. It just bothers the hell out of me. I know, because I, I, I'm getting older, and I don't have the patience for that, to sit in a theater for one half hour and watch coming attractions. I know, it's pretty... Yeah, it's I, I barely just, see any movies myself, except on DVD, you know. Um, I, I'm yeah. dying to see the aristocrat. So you know what it is. You know it's yeah, it's one all these comedians told by thirty comics, right? Right. And the Sarah Silverman version is a very very strange and weird version with an amazing punchline that involves Joe Franklin, and yeah. Franklin literally you know was making a whole big noise about suing her for for being malicious about him. And, you know, I talked to him, I said, what's wrong? It's comedy. And he's like, well, I, I don't know. It keeps my names in the paper. I'm you like, know, <sighs> there's better um, ways. Yeah, exactly. But comedy is our greatest freedom. And nothing upsets people more than comedy. Because, it, 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 you know, nothing. People get more offended at comedians than they do at politicians. Well, it's the emperor's new clothes. If you tear off the clothing and make somebody look funny, you, you take their power away. You, know, you, you start laughing at a dictator, he's not a dictator anymore. So the dictators throughout history, the first people they got rid of were the comics and the satirists and anybody who would poke fun at what they were doing. And the lawyers, was which it. was a good idea, but still. Well. <laughs> yeah. These are the Daves, my friend, the perfect radio blend of comedy, talk, radio, and more. Yes, these are the Daves. More than 185 episodes of Daves Gone By for your listening pleasure. Long drive home? Pop in the Dave. In the mood for a funny sketch? Pop in a Dave. All CDs come in jewel cases with full packaging, just $11. New low price, same free shipping and handling. Add a dollar, and I'll autograph the cover. Don't know which episode? Visit davesgoneby.org or email davesgoneby at aol.com and ask for the CD list. These are the Daves, my friend. Makes a great gift to send. Give them a try if you love Daves Gone By. Hi, everybody. This is Uncle Floyd, and you're listening to Dave's Gone By on WGBB. Right, Oogie? That's right. It's my favorite show. Let's get nostalgic. We're, we're still talking with the wonderful and amazing Uncle Floyd. Um, 
I just want to throw some words at you and see whatever happened to, to, to them. Remember Malta Schaefer? Yeah, I do. They were one of my sponsors. Right. I just remember the, the ads and parents you remember were... remember that? God, I used to watch your show. Why do you think I have you on the air here? You, you know what they were? A, a soft drink aimed at the Hispanic market. Because I was on UHF, I was getting tons of mail uh, from uh, Hispanic-named... Children or people uh, coming from the big uh, East Harlem area, and, and make a long story short, sure. I must have collected about 5,000 fan letters from kids with last names like Gonzalez, Gomez, Hernandez, or Lopez. And I said, man, you know what's happening? They're, they're finding Channel 68 because we're next to Channel 47 on the UHF oh. band. And by accident, they would find our station. Because UHF was like that. You know, you flip the dial around and, yeah. and bingo. All of a sudden, they were trying to get... We were on the same time, Los Tres Chiflados, the Three Stooges in Spanish. Uh-huh. And, and, and they would find me. So I brought this crate of mail to uh, Kent Street in Brooklyn, the headquarters for the Malta Schaefer people. And they were so impressed that they, they, they advertised. But... Look at that! Nobody does. You can't have. You can't pull that kind of business today like that. Well, also, you, as I recall, there was a point when you had to take like half the show and not apologize, but but make it very clear to the parents watching that Malta Schaefer had no beer. It was non-alcoholic because they, they were marketing this Malta Schaefer stuff to kids, and, and the parents heard yep. Schaefer and I was they freaked. In trouble for that because some stupid people uh, claimed I was trying to sell children beer. <laughs> First of all, the co the commercial was in Spanish language. Which was, I mean, so much bizarreness about my show, but I mean, here we are, <laughs> an English-language show with a Spanish-language commercial. Uh, I mean, that was the beauty of it. That's why people, not just children, that's one of the reasons grown-ups tuned in, because it was just so out there. Malta Schaefer, Malta Como Schaefer. Malta, Malta Schaefer, da, da, da. Yeah, I remember. And Wometco Home Theater. Yep. That was, um, that the, was the first... Wolfson family out of Florida. They bought the station. The, the original station was owned by Blonder Tongue Broadcasting, uh -huh. two geniuses. And uh, Are you being facetious, or were no, they... Oh, they were wonderful men. They oh. were brilliant men. They were engineers uh, uh, in the television field, and they had the channel UHF, Channel 68, in Newark. It was licensed to Newark, New Jersey. And um, then they sold it to the Real Lemon Juice people, and then they sold it to uh, Womeco. Wolfson family. Oh. Uh, that's where W.O. came from. And they own stations in Florida. They wanted me to go work in uh, Miami on WTVJ. I, you know, I'm so New York. I mean, although I live in North Jersey, it's, it's no, this whole New York region. I says, you got to be kidding. I wouldn't go to Florida. Well, now that you're in your early 60s, is there ever a thought that it's going to get too tough, that the winters in New York, New Jersey, and, and driving around and doing, however, what, 200 gigs a year uh, or well, more? The snow and ice, we've been lucky this year. Yeah, oh, yeah. But uh, but that's my that's the only fears I have. I, I, I Yeah, it gets rough, and, and I'm starting to... I, I, Tell the guys, I don't want to go, to, I, like, I won't go to Cleveland in the winter anymore. I won't go to Pittsburgh. I stay in the New York area all winter. Well, that's... Yeah. Last night I was in, well, I don't know what night you're... Uh, we'll I, but recently, point. I've been, uh, you know, in the New York area. I did Ricardo's in Astoria. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what's coming up at the Dix Hills. Of course, the Dix and, Hills Performing Arts Center. Yeah, and you'll find me in New York area, December, January, February, more and more now. 
That makes sense. Because the Catskills, they can wait for the weather to clear up. I'm not, <laughs> I don't, I can't take that anymore, ice and snow. And, and don't forget, it could be just rain in New York. You go 30 miles north and it's snow. Oh, yeah, especially this year. We've dodged, like, uh, a few bullets already we have. in Long Island. and Well, we're coming from Long Island, but New York City as well. Just gets, you know, a quarter inch of sleet and the rest is rain. And then, as you said, 30 miles north, it's a, it's a foot-long snowstorm. Well, at least Long Island is flat. and and But you get up in the mountains, the Poconos and Catskills, you don't realize. I mean, you're going up steep ice hills and, oh, it's just. That's showbiz. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsor me. Time's gone by. Run your ad. Folks will buy. If you want to reach the public, sponsor me. Advertise on this program for incredibly reasonable rates with long-term discounts. See prices at davesgoneby.org or call 516-295-1511. Sponsor me. If you're wise on Dave's Gone By, you'll advertise. If you want to be successful, sponsor me. Oh, by the way, I'm Uncle Floyd, and you're listening to my favorite radio show, Dave's Gone By, right here on WGBB. We're talking with Uncle Floyd, the wonderful Uncle Floyd in the neighborhood. Do you have a couple more minutes for us, Uncle Floyd? I have as long as you want, Dave. I, I appreciate this. I don't do interviews, you know. How come? I don't. I go by instinct. I, I, just something about you that I liked. And that's why I do it. Because most in people who interview you, are they want five-second answers, and that's it. No, it's the exact opposite on this show. This, this I show, can, I, I want the real, you know, the, the real stuff. Yeah. Speaking of which, let's talk about some of the crazy and fun cast of characters that were... I mean, Uncle Floyd's show was not just you. It was Scott Gordon. Now, is he still on the radio, and what's he up to? He's a... Uh for people who don't know who he was, he was over 300 pounds at one time. Uh-huh. He was our big guy, and I still, I'm still with him a lot. He comes around, and uh, we're very close friends. Oh, that's great. That's he was cool. almost going to come over to my house uh, uh, today just to fix a computer problem. I don't go by the computer, but my kids and my wife, they all use it. So, 
some they moved the computer from one room to the other and something went wrong. Oh yeah, that, that's that's all you have to do to a computer, and well, then half your your worth is lost. Yeah, he's like a brother to me. We're all oh. close. We, you know, a few cast members have died over the years. A few. I yeah, thought well, I, the, our banjo player was, uh, and Muggsy died. Yeah, right. Neto is is Neto still alive? Yeah. Oh, go to Mazel Tov. That's great. And yeah, of course, I, David Bird helped set up this interview, so I want to give a big shout out to him. What does he do? He lives in Pennsylvania now. Uh huh. And he books our um, some of our live theater shows we do. And does he have another gig, or is that his full time thing? No, he's well. He's an artist by uh, really by first trade. Uh-huh. He worked worked for years for MTV in their art. Gra- he designed a lot of graphics and oh. well known things. And a comic book illustrator, and he's an artistic genius. Go figure. He could make puppets. He could create things out of clay. He's very gifted that way. Actually, well, since you mentioned puppets, everybody, I'm sure, the inevitable question, how's Oogie doing? He's all right. He's over here. Do you still, when you do your nightclub stuff, or is it just you at the piano, or do you bring Oogie out and do that stuff as well? No, when I go on the road, I don't bring Oogie anymore because the people don't know him, and you have to, the television audience... Uh, it dwindles. Without being on TV, you lose your audience. Mm. And the puppet made sense on television because he kept me in line. Okay. But when you come out and, like, I work the Riviera in Las Vegas or the Borgata in Atlantic City or up in the mountains, uh, 98% of the people don't know. They never, they never saw me on TV, so they don't know. So how is your act? Are you just doing music now, or are you still doing comedy? In no, basically stand-up comedy. That's where the money is. The money is not in the music. I play honky-tonk piano. There's very yeah. little, very few places even have a real piano on the stage. Dix Hills does. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's why I love to go there. Wow. They have a baby grand piano on the stage. Beautiful. Real piano. Uh, but most places today don't have uh, pianos anymore. But if you're saying that, that you don't have the so-called visibility that TV gave you, who's your audience when you go to these places? They're all built in. You go to the uh, Atlantic City, the, the, the casino, the Music Box Theater holds 1,500 people. By accident, there's 1,000 people every night in the theater. Oh, I see. Yeah, they happen to be there. Exactly. And then either they get something good or, or, or they, they get you. Show <laughs> business has retreated to the audience. We no longer have them come to us. We go to them. That's been the way it's been hmm. for a while now. Unless you're a major star like Springsteen, or you, you go out every eight years and do a tour, or bring in millions of people. Kiss is doing a tour again. Well, yeah. I mean, that's different. But now, speaking also of major, major stars... Well, one of the things I love about your career is that even though it was, on the whole, so small and local and low-budget in a way, one is that you got to do it for so long and pretty much do it the way you wanted to do. The second is that you can still do it in your way and, and do what you want to do even now after the, the show's off the air. And the third is that you've had, even though you know you didn't jump to national TV or... or I nobody would call you a big famous movie star, and yet here you are. You've been in a couple of movies, and you have been immortalized in song. I, I, I David you, Bowie. Yes, I mean, wasn't that like unbelievable for you? By the Ramones first. 
The, the, oh, what song are you on uh, by the Ramones? Um, it's the lyric goes. Um, what's the name of this? I don't even. Uh, I can't think of it. Not oh. a nine to five world. Maybe it's nine to five world. They do a, a song. It says there's Vin Scalza on the radio and Uncle Floyd on the TV, and they wow. mentioned the Uncle Floyd show like four times in their in their song. And then of course David Bowie. And yeah. Bowie, yeah. and 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 Drama Rama, and uh, really, yeah, a couple other little. I have a collection of people that mention my song. There's somebody on um, some girl on I don't know what it is on the computer that sings about me too now. With really? A, yeah, something about the Jersey Shore. Uh, some people pointed it out to me and showed me. I mean, I I guess they don't make 45 RPM. Uh, no, but the single is the back. Anymore, huh? The sing, the idea of a single has returned because everything is now iPods and everything is you buy things song by song. So the 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 wave of the album has perhaps peaked and receded, and it's gone back to people picking and choosing just one song that they want to hear. I'm not sure if that's good, but the 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 concept of a single is back. Hmm. But um, and you had a single. Uh, how how well did that do? You actually did uh, deep in the heart of Jersey. That was uh, something of a novelty hit. Well, no? We made I made eleven singles, and um, I had uh, we would press them ourselves. It would cost about twenty two cents to make a record. It cost two cents for the sleeve, so you're up to twenty four cents, and we would sell them for a buck, forty five RPM yeah. at the time. The big stars were getting seventy nine cents for a forty five RPM record. But local guys were able to get a dollar because it was we sold them what they call out of trunk. Yeah. We sold them at, at personal appearances, and I could easily I bought a house with the money I made off my forty fives. No, that's great. Now that, I, that's and, also and, good and, to hear. By nineteen eighty, we made I made enough money to buy a house just on the strength of my forty five. I had uh, three forty fives at that time, three or four at that point, and we kept making them. Uh, for the next three or four years, I made, I made 11.45s, and then we made an album for Mercury, which was, uh, really? I didn't like the album, because they, they brought in 18 gray suits to tell us what to uh, do. Is that, um, I assume we'll never hear that on CD. No, because it's, well, it's very fake. It's, it's, it's a corporate manager, college educated, they never were show people telling us what to do. Uh. They came to the bottom line, and I told them, this is what you got to do. Tape us live and put that on the, uh, you know, Uncle Floyd live at the bottom. And they said, no, there's too much laughing. The people are laughing. I said, well, that's it. It's a, that's what it's supposed to be. Uh, and they said, suits. no, you're too visual. I, I said, well, you know, then they start arguing. I, I said to my cast, it's going to be a real problem because they bring in 18 people to argue with each other about what we're doing and in the meantime, my little 45s made the money. Huh. Well, it's easier to, you know what? What? When you have to depend on other people, sometimes you're better off doing it yourself if you're local. Well, you, you've kind of shown that in your career. In a lot of the ways, it was get up, do it yourself. By the way, we only have a, a, a couple of quick minutes left. You're still also on the radio, right, doing an Italian show? I have an Italian show. As a matter of fact... It's it in this month now February it goes into its twenty second year. Wow! Uh, I broadcast in uh, English and Italian. Uh huh. My real name is Florio Giovanni Vivino, but huh? but in New York you can have you can go in and out of all various worlds like that. 
No, I think that's marvelous. And, and can people, where's the... the it's on W, it's, the station was WRTN for years. It changed its call letters six months ago to WVIP. It's 93.5 FM. 93.5, and is that also like um, where you have to sell the ads, or, or is yep, it... Yep, I air broke, I, it comes out of New Rochelle, New York. New Rochelle, so you physically, you go and do it from home, you have to go to New Rochelle and send no, the No, I use a studio in New Jersey when I'm not live. I'm very rarely live because it's a, a lot of music. I have a quarter of a million Italian records. Wow. Wow. I play everything from 78s to 45s, and that's the only reason people tune it in, because they can't hear this music, even on the Internet, where there's 8,000 Italian radio shows you can get now on the Internet, but they only play the modern stuff. Huh. Mine is a nostalgia show. It's aimed at a New York uh, uh, ethnic group that appreciates it, you know? It's strictly a New York show. They tried to syndicate it. It's to New York. Hmm. Okay. You know, they always say something like that, and you know when they say it's not true, but you have to follow them because they've got the money and, and the access. So, Yeah, well, it, it, when they say it's too New York, it means it's too pure. Or too ethnic is what they really mean. But yeah. uh, We're going to close our amazing and delightful conversation with Uncle Floyd. I'm wondering if you can think of one particular sketch or episode that stood out that was really special for you, that was funnier than any of the others, or just, just clicked so well that it stays in your mind? Well, one that the guys remind me of, we, we had a little set, a studio set, very simple, and I'm sitting at my desk talking to somebody, and two workmen came in, and they grabbed my piano and were starting to roll it across the scene, well, uh, the set. <laughs> so I stopped them. I, at first I thought it was my guys hired two actors to do this, I said, what's going on? They said, we're taking, we're taking the piano. Said, what do you mean you're taking it's my piano? And I had to fight with them. And make a long story short, they had the right street, but they had the wrong house number because our studio was in, it looked like a house on the outside. Right. And then I said, let me see the paperwork. And they apologized, but they had it halfway out the studio. And the, did you get all that? Was this put on the air too? Yeah, it was on the air. It was on the air. That's and they had to wonderful. roll it back and put it back. Uh, some of the audience realized it was real, but some people thought it was set up as a, you know, a, a, you know, a joke. But it was real. That's the way. Because I started rolling the tape and never stopped the tape. And huh. that used to get the producers and the the, the wow. guys in the suits. Like if somebody sneezed, I used to be. I was proud that we were the only television show that you actually saw somebody sneeze or cough or anything. Cough that was the idea. Sneeze, they blew their nose because there was no there was no there was no break. What they got is what they got. Well, we are so lucky to have gotten, for so many years, Uncle Floyd. And you can get him, of course, at the Dix Hills Performing Arts Center. And hopefully more than once, you'll, you'll, you'll come on back to the island. I'll have my plaid jacket and, and hat, and, and it'll be a lot of fun and a lot of uh, jokes about my show. Uncle Floyd, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thank in. you, Dave. What's black and white and red all over? Photocopies made at Hewlett Minuteman Press, the copy kings of Broadway. Any job that you have, including black and white copies, and they've got a brand new color copier, great quality, good prices, wonderful family that has owned Hewlett Minuteman Press since the 1970s. So check them out, 516-569-5577, Hewlett Minuteman Press. They're the kings. 
Inside Broadway, brought to you by Total Theater's Performing Arts Insider, your everything theater guide. La 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 la. Yes, we have a couple of minutes for Inside Broadway, so let's let's get to it. This is the segment where we talk about the stages of New York, thanks to Performing Arts Insider. And here's the news of the week. Well, there's 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 been already one or two flops this year, but probably oh. the highest profile. I, I won't call it a flop because it's actually a pretty good show. But um, there is one show that's going to be closing. That's kind of. It's not unexpected to people who've watched the grosses, but do you know what show it is, Jeff? Yes, it's um. It's about television. I know, I can't. The Farnsworth invention. I'm so sad it's closing. Well, it's a pretty good show. It's by Aaron Sorkin, the guy who gave us The West Wing on TV, and also A Few Good Men, and it ends March 2nd after 104 performances. It only opened back on December 3rd at the Music Box Theater. So uh, Hank Azaria, Jimmy Simpson, maybe they'll get some acting honors, but I don't know. It'll be closed for a while by the time the Tonys arrive. So um, I don't know. It's sort of expected, but the reviews were not great, and then there was all that controversy about the show not being honest with its facts. Yeah, well, Philo probably did, but the whole thing about there being a kind of a rivalry between Farnsworth and RCA's David Sarnoff, which is the crux of the play, was apparently completely manufactured, and that ticked a lot of people off. Anyway, um, we've got uh, a show coming into the public theater that came out of nowhere, Carol Churchill's play. Now, she has a revival on Broadway coming in the spring of Top Girls, a play that I've never liked. (laughs) Really? Yeah, totally, totally. Even when they originally did it at the public theater, and, and everyone, it was like a mud pit? No, like, I, yeah. I, I don't. They originally did it at the public theater, and it was like it was like in a planting field. It was like all muddy, and everyone was barefoot. It was really weird. That made no sense. It has nothing to do with anything. Well, it starts at a party. No, no, you're not thinking of Top Girls. What am I thinking of? I don't know, but Top Girls is the no, one. No, but it was in a mud pit. I'm telling you. And what happened in the second act? I don't know. No, Top Girls is the one where all it's these an famous women. Agency. That yeah, that is the second act. Right. The second act, I didn't, they did the first one in a mud pit? That's clever. I, I'm pretty sure. Because the two times I've seen it, it's just like a party place, you know, because they're all gathered for yeah. this dinner. And, well, anyway, Carol Churchill has an off-Broadway play going to be opening at the Public Theater in early March, running through April 16th. It's called Drunk Enough to Say I Love You, a two-character play that premiered at the Royal, Royal Court Theater in London. So that's coming. So it's a big Churchillian spring here in New York. And then... You've got Harry Hamlet. There's the two shows that are going to be in Shakespeare in the Park's summer season. Again, a public theater story. It's going to start with Hamlet featuring Michael Stuhlbarg as the Droopy Dane and Richard Easton as the King. Richard Easton, excuse me. And then they're going to revive Hair, which is going to be directed by Diane Paulus, who did the Donkey Show. So it should be pretty lively and festive. Yeah. Just so you know, I've looked it up. Uh Uh-huh. The first act, the probably reason why they did it, like in this mud pit or these mud fields, uh-huh. it's Dreamlight opening sequence where Marlene, who is the main woman, mm-hmm. it's about her. She's employed at Top Girls Employment Agency. Marlene meets famous women from history, including Pope Joan, who's described as a man. And they go on, on, on. Uh, so that's probably where. Not probably where they got yeah. that idea for the staging. And, and probably in others, you know, it's you could put it anyway. You could put it any way you want, uh-huh. but you know, they just don't. 
they they obviously didn't choose mud pits a lot. <laughs> it's not like Samuel Beckett was watching over the plane. Like, no, you can't do it in the mud pit. <laughs> Carol Trask was like, all right, you want to do a mud pit, doing a pit, doing a... But you job. know what else is opening that I can't wait to see? What? Dead Man's Cell Phone. Oh, that sounds pretty good. When's that opening? I don't know. Well, they've canceled the first couple of previews. Oh, so well, I don't know what that means. It's a new play. Yeah. No, it's a new, probably an actor thing or something like that. Mm-hmm. That sounds interesting. One show that I bet you liked. I like. You, you know too. what it's about, right? And they find uh, a cell. A phone. woman finds a yeah. cell phone that belongs to a dead man, and she starts um, uh, soothing people who call, and she has to tell him he died. Well, and yeah. it's like I, it's, it's a very clever idea yeah. for a play. Okay. I just wanted to to, to say because we have to. It's already twelve oh one a.m. I'm running. Oh, I'm running into a gospel. Yeah, gospel. Time. So I'm and sorry. so we'll start gospel in a couple of minutes. I just want to finish up. We're not going to get to the reviews, obviously, on Inside Broadway. Next but I want to say, we'll Walter Boys, congratulations! They're a hit. They've recouped their one million... It took a while. I, I thought they recouped a long time ago, but their $1 million investment uh, was recouped. It's an officially a hit. show opened back in March 2005, so it took three years for a no. Broadway show to recoup, but it's an expensive one. Yeah. You know, it looks it, and it's a fun fun show. Have, have you seen it? Yeah, I saw it, I saw it at the uh, the first musical theater when it, when it came out. Yeah. The, where, where it was... Um, what was it? The musical theater, that thing they do in the summer for new musicals? Oh, that the festival! Fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it there. I saw it at the Forty Seventh Street Theater. It was. It's I saw it with show. Cheyenne Jackson actually, who yeah. ended up going into that Elvis musical yeah. and then going out of Xanadu because he broke yeah. his, or hurt his. No, foot. he's in Xanadu. The other person, the person who was supposed to be in Xanadu. Oh, you're left, right, Capar- Carpinello from, right. from right, right, right from Urban Cowboy or right. something like that. Yeah, one of those. Anyway. Well, I've got some other news, but I don't have time, and, I, and we'll do a bunch of reviews next week. That'll be the Inside Broadway for next week. <laughs> Just hang on. So we got a commercial to do, and then we'll get out of the neighborhood and make way for the gospel years. There is a season. Turn, turn, turn. Turn the pages of Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine, because this is the season for Broadway. All the big shows are opening in the next few weeks. Learn about them all. For 64 years, Performing Arts Insider has been the Bible of Broadway. Find out why by going to PerformingArtsInsider.com. Subscriptions are 10% off for Dave's Gone By listeners. So turn, turn, turn to Performing Arts Insider for every show show under heaven. We've just been inside Broadway thanks to TotalTheater.com and Performing Arts Insider. Hi, this is Josh Lefkowitz, the monologist, and you're listening to Dave's Gone By at WGBB. And if you're not listening, then how are you hearing this? Good question from Josh Lefkowitz. No relation. I'm Dave Lefkowitz. Jeff Goodman with me in the final moment or two of Dave's Gone By. Wanna first of all remind everybody our sponsors are Performing Arts Insider. Fancy Schmancy Balloons. The 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 copy kings of Broadway. Well, Hewlett Minuteman Press. There we go. A little distracted here for a moment. Uh, MortgagesRock.com. And There's Hewlett. a beautiful woman just walked into the studio. Yes, yes. Ace the Lovely Gospel Lady. Or, yeah, I guess that's what we can... Ace the Lovely Gospel Lady. That's right. a nice thing to call her. And, um, and MortgagesRack.com. We said that. And, and, and Fancy Schmancy Balloons. I think we got them. We got this. You Sponsors, you know who you are. If you listen every week, you know that we, we do well by our sponsors. And you probably know them by heart. I guess a little better than we do at this hour. Mm. Anyway, if you want to write to us about this show, tell us how much you love us, hate us, or somewhere in the middle... 
Just email davesgoneby at AOL.com or go to our website for more information, davesgoneby.org. I want to remind everybody that Richard Skipper, a guest on our show a few months ago, Richard Skipper, who impersonates Carol Channing, is doing an off-Broadway show as her. It's called Carol Channing in Concert, featuring Richard Skipper. It's at the Wings Theater on Christopher Street through February 16th. So it's through this Saturday. And, and it's a whole big thing. It's got a band and everything. So check it out. Go to richardskipper.com. Reminding everybody that Shalom Dammit, of course, is on Wednesday mornings at 7.30 on Long Island Woodbury Cablevision Channel 20. That's the, the major cablevision for, for all the folks around here. So Channel 20, Wednesdays, 7.30 in the morning. And then Friday morning at 7.30 on the same channel, Channel 20, is Dave's Gone By on TV. Don't forget you can watch 25 free episodes anytime. You can listen, excuse me, to these free episodes of Dave's Gone By at davesgoneby.org. They're old shows. We're going to try and put some more recent ones up there, too, on davesgoneby.org. And listen to Filler Up every week on WGBB. It's a half hour of music that I put together and host. used to be on Saturday nights at 9.30, but I think they may have moved it. So check your schedules and check the WGBB really terrific website, am1240wgbb.com, to find out when that is on. And by the way, you are listening to WGBB Freeport. Just wanted to tell you that. Wanted to thank my wonderful and adorable and amazing wife, Joyce, for everything always. Want to thank Uncle Floyd. Remember, catch him this Saturday, 7.30 p.m. at the Dix Hills Performing Arts Center in Five Towns College. He's going to be there this Saturday night, 7.30. For more information, go to ftc.edu. ftc.edu. And also, big thank you to David Bird, the cast member of uh, the old Floyd show who helped set up the Uncle Floyd interview. Speaking of interviews, next week's guest is going to be New York Post sports columnist, one of my favorite sports columnists of all time, Phil Mushnick. He's controversial, he's wonderful, smart man, great to talk to. Don't miss that on the 17th, Phil Mushnick. And also coming up, finally, finally, you'll, you'll start to get to hear some highlights of the 2008 New Year's special that we did, because we didn't do it on a Sunday night, so you might not have had a chance to hear some of the fun we had. So, we will be back next Sunday, February 17th, 2008, with the 260th episode of Dave's Gone By. Until then, don't miss your days going by. This is Dave Lefkowitz. And Jeff Goodman. Wishing you good night. And going by. Oh, well, no, no, I got a little thing here because it's a Floydian thing as opposed to a Freudian thing. Wishing you good night. Snap it, pal. I've been robbed. And goodbye. Good. Bu- good no. Gone no, no, by. No, no, we got to do it again. We gotta, ah! This is Dave Lefkowitz. And Jeff Goodman. Wishing you good night. You do a little thing, do a little something. I was robbed. Snap it, pal. And gone by. Oogie waits for just another day. Drags his bones to see the Yankees play. Bones by tops and flickers gray. Oh, they slip away Once a time We nearly might 
some of us will always stay behind. Down in space, it's always 1980.